0: Good morning and welcome to episode 8 of the Unbundled Audiologist. Today we are going to talk about cash flow. We've all heard that cash is king and it's super important, especially when you're transitioning, transitioning from a bundled model to an unbundled model or fee-for-service. There's potential that you could have a little bit of a dip in cash flow, so it's important that we plan for that. And one of the easiest things that you can do is to verify that you're collecting for services that you've rendered. And there's some very easy things that we'll be able to do, but let's just take a step back and look at our traditional model. So in this model a patient calls, the front office staff will schedule them for an, a hearing test and an audiological evaluation and, and talk about hearing aids. Now, if you are not charging for your hearing test, that is a totally different conversation that we can have. But otherwise, for most people, we are prepping the patient on, on what they're going to expect to pay for that hearing test, if they have a copay or if it's covered or not covered at all. From there, that's really the only discussion of of payment that the front office staff or patient care coordinator is gonna be involved in. So the patient comes in, we do diagnostics, we determine that they need some type of treatment solution and then us as the provider are the ones who are sitting down and discussing this large bulk payment. And then from there, we take them up front and either they pay up front, if you're really tracking your accounts receivables, And for others, they pay at the time of the fitting. And this is just assuming that insurance is not involved. This is a perfect case, private pay patient. So that's easy. And then from there, there's really not much discussion with the patient beyond um, as far as payment until you get maybe two, three, four years, maybe for some of us, even five years down the road. And so discussing payments and, and different things can become uncomfortable especially when you're doing this transition. So the biggest thing, the biggest switch that we have to take in our brain is just simply most of the patients that leave each day that we're gonna be collecting something from. So it's just a different shift. If you've got 10 hearing wellness checks on your schedule that day, some people call them maintenance, just a simple clean and check, every single one of those is revenue generating. And so they should be checking out and they should be paying before they leave. So there's three really three tips steps that I have to managing that cash flow and really getting your team on board. The very first thing is the morning huddle. Now, I love the morning huddle for many reasons. Um, it allows us to kind of sit down and see who's coming in that day. It gets all of us on the same page. Your patient care coordinator, your insurance person, <clears throat> whoever it is that's on your team, you're going to look at the schedule together and then just quickly go through who's, who are we gonna be collecting from that day? And if you're just starting this process, this to me is absolutely critical. And I would recommend that you do it for at least a month. In a month's time frame, chances are you will have seen every single type of appointment that's possible on your schedule. So take a look at each single person. Are they insurance based? Are they not? Who has copays? Do we know who has co-pays? Uh, are there going to be notices of non-coverage forms being signed? Are there going to be, is this a straight red, white, and blue Medicare patient? Are they going to be signing an ABN? And then depending on where you're at in the process, maybe add little alerts. Um, I know within Council Ear, we can do little tags, something that's going to help us say, yep, this is what we need to do. So it makes it really streamlined and you're all on the same page as far as, okay, who are we collecting from? So the nice part is this is something that you can also do at the end of the day. And it may seem like overkill, but I'm telling you, if you take the time initially to get everyone in the habit, it just becomes a habit. And then you're going to have less instances where a patient has left the office and you're like, oh, I was supposed to have collected for that. And we all know how hard it can be to get patients to pay after they've left the office. So in this case, at the end of the day, I'm going to look at not only myself. So as a provider, I'm going to say, OK, based on my chart notes, based on what I did in that appointment, one, did I, did I even code for everything that I did? I can't tell you how many times I've let somebody walk out and I'm like, I didn't charge them for the repair processing fee. Um, Now, something like that is simple. You can add it when they come pick up the hearing aid. But there's little tiny things like that, that if you're consistently doing a review and you're reviewing in front of your team members, it helps you just become more aware as you go forward. As a complete sidebar, I have found myself trying to do the chart notes while the patient's still in the, room with me so that way one i've documented every single thing that i've done and then i can verify that all of the charges are in there and then i'm also kind of pre-prepping the patient as we walk up front because the last thing i want to do is put my uh, pcc in a position where the patient is just so completely like surprised by what their charge possibly is so i'd rather them they're going to get upset i want them to get upset here in the back office Now, I can tell you that that is a personal issue of mine. I've yet in three years to have anyone get upset in the back office. Okay. So then um, the review is also for your PCC. Guys, that PCC is so critical to this process. They are the one that is prepping the patient when when they call in. They're letting the patient know, you know, look, your insurance is going to pay for a portion of the diagnostics, but it's not going to cover everything. So they need to be able to feel empowered to do that. And then when the patient comes in, they're the ones doing all the forms, all the notices of non-coverage, collecting copays, different things like that. So it's important to sit down at the end of the day and say, okay, what worked, what didn't work? where did you struggle? And if your office is fairly small, like mine's pretty small, so I can leave my door open and I can listen how she approaches these patients coming in. So if I feel like she's struggling or I can hear her stutter a little bit, I'm able to step in after the fact and then we can revisit how she approached it and maybe come up with a, a better angle. Okay. Okay. That really leads me into step two, which is role play, role play, role play, role play. I can tell you that I hate to role play. However, I have found as I've gotten older and have learned from people more successful than myself that it really does work. And it doesn't have to be this long convoluted thing. Simply say, okay, If I have a notice of non-coverage and it's a brand new patient and I know that I've prepped them over the phone, how are we going to approach this patient when they walk in? And just simply, you can, you can have a script if you want. You can provide your front office staff or PCC with a script. They can use their own words. The biggest thing is to practice, practice, practice. Uh, I can't remember which um, doctor said it, but they said, we don't do anything in life unless we practice. I think it was Dr. Bruderick. Um, And that's so true. The more you practice, the more you role play, the the increase in confidence that your front office staff is going to have to collect these items up front goes through the roof. Um, Where I have found that the biggest place for role playing is when you're implementing something new. So for example, in our clinic, we started charging for evaluation and management codes last year. And depending on whether they're a new patient or an existing patient, what I'm going to be doing in that appointment will really dictate which code we're going to use and what we're going to collect because most of the insurances in our area do not pay for evaluation and management code. So we're collecting privately for that. And that I will say that's probably the biggest thing that we have found in our morning huddle is saying, okay, which, form are we using because this is still new to us and we want to make sure that we're doing it right and um and then just role playing that because some of these patients are my existing patients we've never had them do evaluation and management codes before in the past and but i also I'm, i'm adding new services so there's just there's just a lot more that i'm doing when i'm seeing them for their diagnostics than i ever did in the past okay Tip number three, and it's so simple, but collect prior to the appointment. Patients are used to paying their co-pays, paying fees. When when they go to any other physician, my optometrist makes me pay up front. My uh, PCP makes me pay up front. I don't go to the doctor a lot, but just those two small instances that I've had, they're always collecting the money up front. And I know that's not always realistic within our field because sometimes we just don't know what we don't know and we don't know what we're going to necessarily be doing. But if we know for sure that we're going to do an EMM code because it's a brand new patient and we're going to be doing a functional needs analysis, um, something like that, collect it up front. If they have a copay, collect it up front. Any open balances, um, use your, um, like your counsel ear, your blueprint, your cycle Hopefully all of those systems have an alert or a tag for when a patient has an open balance. You know, I just went to urgent care um, last week for a sinus infection and I hadn't even got the bill in the mail yet from the last time we'd been there. And the very first thing she checked my name, my date of birth and she's like, oh yeah, you have a balance of $48. And I was like, okay, I didn't, hadn't got a bill yet. I literally got it two days later, ironically but there was just no hesitation no qualms when you get out of the audiology space it is absolutely normal to collect payment up front and it will, you will see a drastic reduction in your accounts receivables. One of the things I learned early on is that it's always easier to refund the patient than it is to collect from the patient. So as long as you're, depending on your insurance contracts, you really want to know your contracts. um, You really want to be in the position where you've collected up front if you're allowed and you're refunding the patient. Now, I'm specifically talking about co-pays ABN fees, notice of non-coverage fees, things like that. When you go deep diving down into that insurance uh, (laughs) rabbit hole, I'm going to highly suggest that you get some expert opinions on that. Um, Don't go off of what I'm saying here, but for our instances, if we know we can collect up front, we're going to be doing it. And then it's not that big of a deal if on the back end, Uh, a patient says, oh, I want to have, you know, extra filters or I want to purchase some batteries, little things like that. They can, they can always pay again on the way out. It's not that big of a deal. And a lot of the time, um, if a patient knows that they're paying for that, they'll just, they'll pre-say to the front office staff, hey, I'm going to pick up filters too, or I've got some supplies I want to pick up. And then the PCC will just add them on there. So those are the three tips it's crazy they're so tiny but yet it will increase your cash flow cash is king we can't operate without cash and it will decrease your accounts receivables so step one again is morning cuddle step two is role play and step three is collecting prior to the appointment kind of a bonus here in the end as as far as cash flow Because the front office staff position is so important when managing the cash flow, you really have to sit down and ask yourself, do I have the right person in the right seat? Now, if you've been a listener of the podcast, you have heard people say, you know, they've been really lucky. And I say lucky, they've been in a position where either they, they open the business from scratch, so from day one, their front office staff was just used to, this is the way our, our company policy is. We, we do all this, we collect. And then some of them, you know, had family members that work for them. They're all on the same page or, or their team is relatively new. I didn't want to say young, but new to this industry. So they're not stuck in that, that mind frame of, oh, we give everything away for free. Now I get it's not for free. The patient has paid a premium upfront to get those services. However... Um, that's the perception is that I, I come in i get my stuff i don't have to pay anything it's free and your your staff will navigate to that naturally that's that's just the mindset so when you're changing this it's so important that you have a strong person in that role that is perfectly okay collecting money and money is such a hot topic for everyone. I don't care if you're a provider. I don't care if you make six figures or you make <clears throat> nothing. S- generally, people just have an issue with money. I don't know where it comes from. There's probably a study out there somewhere. But from that standpoint, if you're, if you're starting this, give that person the grace to get the training that they need by doing the morning huddle, by reviewing, by re- role, playing, role playing, making sure they have that confidence to do that job correctly. And then just keep reviewing. If you're 60 days out and you have somebody that is still really struggling with collecting that money from the patient, you may have a person issue. And that doesn't mean you need to get rid of them. It could be that there's something else on your your, something else within your company that they could do that's better aligned with their goals. And if not, maybe you're too small to have that, then that is a case where you're probably gonna have to take a hard look and say, you know, this is the the job. This is the description. If we can't get you there, then I'm gonna help you move on and find something that is better aligned. Um, but Jim Collins has a great discussion about this in his book, Good to Great. And it is just so true. You could have, you know, seven or eight people on your team and if they're not in the right spot, your company is not going to go in the direction that you want it to. Even if your vision is strong, even if your mission is strong, if you have conflicting forces pulling against you, this is going to sabotage you. And we all know that if we don't have money to pay our bills, we're not going to stay open very long. So in that case, I'd really encourage you to take a hard look at your team, but at the same time, make sure that you've done all the things to make sure that they've had the tools to be successful um from there you i believe you will see such a small dip in your cash flow and i think you're going to be super super successful so let me know how these tips resonate with you let me know if there's other things that you guys do you can always instant message me on instagram i'm very active on facebook probably more than I need to be. We do have our private Facebook group. So uh, definitely join in there. It is not a requirement that you give me your email address, but it is a requirement that you answer the questions. So hopefully you guys have a great day. Hopefully these tips help you. Give me some feedback and we'll talk to you soon.